Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yup. And welcome back to Talking Knicks, baby. The Knicks are getting ready to head to Orlando in the bubble. No, no, they were not one of the top 22 teams in the league, but they have been active and making storylines. We've got some rumors of a boy wonder. The coaching search continues. We've got 11 candidates. We're going to break them down. Uh, Trier for Pinson. Uh, I know BBD has rumors of making that a trade if Alonzo Trier can sign with the Nets. And also joined by Tommy Piccolo. We're doing it. Let's talk Knicks. Welcome back to Talking Knicks, everyone. June 28th as we record the 29th tomorrow. Bizarre that June is almost over. I mean, tying it into, I mean, the COVID and summer and everything. I mean... You know, normally June feels like a month of summer, and I do not feel that way currently. Uh, so crazy that next next weekend's 4th of July, and interested to see how the sports world heads, because after that, I mean, we're three, way, three weeks away from NBA basketball, two and a half from baseball, so uh, we're getting there, boys. We're getting there. At least the Northeast is. Oh, little stab. Tom Piccolo wearing, I believe what is my hat if I remember from a past life, and that's okay. You've donned it well. How are you, Tom? Hey, guys. I'm doing well. Jake, this is your hat. I was hoping you would recognize it and notice it. Um, I, I think this was at a, at a bachelor party, at yes. a mutual friend's bachelor party. I snagged this off you during it, some, some golfing. Insta-theft. Uh, yeah, and it has worked. I, I love this hat. One of my favorites. So it's a signature you. hat of yours now. It truly is. Um, I was never a hat guy either. You know that. It's hard for me to find a hat. I got this small little head, much like you. So I feel like yeah, yeah, like you and I both share that. We have different shaped heads, but both small in, mm. in size. So our heads. Okay. So um, when you find I'm a doing, hat that works. Yeah, BBD. Holy. I think you're on the other end of the spectrum. Just uh, uh, head sh- size. As far wise. as circumference, it's actually pretty small, but. Um, oh. But more hair in recent years, so it's a reasonable size, I think. At least my mom always says it's small. I think it has grown since, like, high school, but that's fine. Steroids. We'll get, it's uh, all that hair. Yeah, we'll have to get the tape out on that, BBD. Uh, rem- yeah, someone's got to tell me office. for sure if my head's big or small or not, because I- I've never known. David, how are you? You got the INSQ jersey on. Shout out. Let's go Liberty. Oh, yeah. Go Libs. What's up? Not much. Hanging out. Uh, looking up Nick's coaching candidates as mm. uh, we're about to discuss those. But, uh, yeah, just kind of relaxing this weekend. Short week at the office coming up because yeah. 4th of July, all that. Exciting. Nice. Do you have exciting. any 4th of July plans, BBD? <laughs> we're not allowed to have plans anymore, Tom. Yeah, it was a trick question. You you got it right. Yeah, you were. You, he was setting you up to get canceled if you said barbecue. It was done. Guilty as um, charged. Yeah, well, uh, excited man. Um, and I'm actually excited to jump back into the Knicks world. Um, eleven coaching candidates. A uh, couple good articles on that on the internet. And you know, you step away and you forget what what good comedy the Knicks can naturally bring us. Uh, before we get there, Tom, God, that hat. No, I won't. I won't. Um, the Knicks had some action, and let's let's start with the, the actual ball players. Uh, Alonzo Trier, a guy seemingly with a lot of potential, uh, who, who really got lost in this Knicks season. Uh, the Knicks wave him as they signed Theo Pinson from the Brooklyn Nets cross town. Uh, Theo Pinson from North Carolina fame has some NBA stats, 
Uh, our Greg Poon politely sends the message of don't look at those stats. And uh, BBD, where where are you with, with any of this? Are, should we be sad Trier's gone? I mean, I... Look, I would have rather had Trier around just because he was promising, but watching any amount of the Knicks this year, it was pretty clear they've moved on from the Trier experiment or whatever you want to call it. So I can't pretend to be shocked, and he was going to have, I think, like a, a little over a $4 million cap hold or something, which is sizable for a guy who they seem, who seem to have fallen out of favor with the coaching staff in the front office, even though a new front office and new coaching staff coming allegedly so i I don't know it was it just feels very nicks to let a guy like that fizzle out of favor and then like just let let him leave for nothing basically when again he was promising as a rookie and and played quite a bit so i don't know not sad but just like of, of course the knicks are doing it sure sure um yeah i don't know i I've got this weird, and I, I know the defense is bad, and that, that kind of gets overlooked. If you know if you watch a Trier highlight reel, it's it's easy to like him, but you lose you know, all the play-in, play-out basketball stuff that's not his strength. But at the same time, it, it is one of those things that hurts because the guy can get buckets. Um, and in a league where that becomes more and more important, whenever you hear – you know, someone gush about a team like Toronto or and why they won. It's that everyone on the court can make a shot. And Isozo can do that, Tom, but it's, I guess everything else isn't worth it. Yeah, like if I came on here and, and acted very disappointed about letting go of Trier, I would definitely – I'd be a hypocrite because I feel like in, in most of the other podcasts and the articles I wrote, I was pretty critical of him. Um, a lot of it was the defense, like you mentioned, Jake. It was, he was just a turnstile completely, but – it was also just like his style of offense isn't what you want, like in a in a modern league. I, he's not effective enough in isolation to warrant kind of all the shots he takes, and I, he just doesn't for for a, a lead ball handler or even a secondary uh, playmaker. Like he just doesn't try to look for his teammates. Um, I remember I was looking it up last year, some one of his teammates uh, anonymously criticized him. Uh, speaking with Mark Berman of the New York Post, and he said that Trier's play on the court was cancerous. A lot of guys didn't like the way he didn't play team ball. He cared too much about himself. He looked guys off who were open. And I don't know, like that was in his rookie season. I don't think we saw a ton of, of progress. He didn't get a lot of opportunity either. So I understand there's some criticism there that he didn't get a lot of chances. But when he did go out there, I just I didn't like what I saw. Um, so I'm not overly uh, distraught about this. I guess the the tough part is is bringing in Pinson, who I don't know that he has like an NBA-level skill out there. Like Trier, he can go get himself a bucket against second units and maybe do that well off the bench. Um, He's clearly I, 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 capable of playing in the NBA, and Pinson hasn't quite proven that yet, and that's kind yeah. of the frustrating thing because – you could have gotten something in exchange for Trier at some point, you would assume. The deadline happened, and they made one trade. So, Yeah, probably maybe a late second-round pick, um, yeah. but his value was tanked pretty heavily this past season just from not playing. And I don't know. I think a lot of the highlights you see of Trier are him going to work against second units in a blowout when kind of there's no real competitive edge in that game. But, I mean, I will say there were games when he'd come in and provide a spark for the Knicks. Like, that definitely happened. But I'd say for the most part, like, it's not like he was doing it against top defensive units. And, and again, he's I know he's young. He's a second-year player. Um, so maybe that's not what you should be expecting. But at the same time, I, I can't pretend like I'm torn up about this. Well, and, and you know, ultimate spin zone by myself, but – Let's let's say this Knicks org is really, you know, changing things over, which, you know, we've had a ton of turnover in the front office and, uh, you know, so many young guys on the court. These are different people. I mean, uh, Alonzo Trier went later in the draft uh, because of some personal issues. And now, I mean, in, in the NBA, all the stuff you're saying, I mean, if, if teammates are talking about you that way and if you're just not worth it, you're just not worth it. And Theo Pinson kind of comes from the other side. I mean, he, he was at University of North Carolina, uh, you know, played on some good teams there. He was kind of a glue guy, 6'5", 
Um, you know, never never a shooter, but uh, can can do a little bit of everything. And you know, he he's coming over from the net system. Um, and who knows? I mean, maybe it's just a body for now, and you know, we'll we'll be laughing if Theo Pinson's not on the roster last year, and this is just a move. But I mean, maybe uh maybe this is a conscious decision by you know this new New York Knicks front office saying, hey, if you're going to be a part of this team, you know, and you're going to be the 15th man, you better bring it every day, bring the lunch pail, and you know, I. It, we we don't need someone going iso ball uh, at the end of practice. Yeah, I, th- I think that's all right. I, th- I think that's a good outlook to have, and and you hope those are the conversations that the front office is happening is are having. And I I think that it's reasonable to to assume that because on paper, like it, you know, if you're a front office that just values getting buckets, then this move makes no sense. But uh, you know, I, I think it, it is starting to kind of move in the right direction yeah i i uh i did ask one nets fan it, it's bobby skinner john boy media sure. guy um but he, he said I'm, I'm assuming he doesn't mind if i read these texts texts um i know it doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things but waving trier for pinson is wild pinson is horrible he's a horrible shooter yet feels unbelievably confident to shoot whenever he plays he went one of fifteen from the preseason, from three in the preseason, and I said he should stop shooting threes, and people got mad at me. Okay. But he shoots eighteen percent from three, um, so it seems like he he's a shooter's shoot kind of guy, but it hasn't provided results in a decently in a decently sized sample. Been there, um, yeah, that's yeah. tough. Yeah, uh, I, don't I mean, you're replacing a guy who wasn't getting many meaningful minutes anyway, mm-hmm. so it, I don't know. There's not too much of, like, an opportunity yeah. cost here. but It's hard to feel super opinionated on it when ultimately this is kind of a last guy in the rotation spot. He yeah, likes like, to dance. Game. He likes yeah. to dance. We'll take fun. that. So morale up two points if this was NBA video game or something. Um uh, yeah, I mean, end of the day, I think, I I guess it's fair to say this. I mean, it's more of a bummer that there wasn't more Trier to be seen. Because uh, there was times when he can excite you, and I mean, Pinson just hasn't done that at the NBA level. So, uh, we'll see. Interested to see if the Knicks get burned by Trier. Um, but, I don't know. Seem, seems like a little bit of a nothing move. Uh, and hopefully we'll get into something moves, and I think we need to start with Worldwide West. Uh, our guy is officially brought in. I know BBD was laughing in the office when it became official because I think the original Worldwide West rumors that came out, it was like, hey, you know, it's it's more important to keep this guy as an ally in the league and not have him on your staff, and then a couple months later he is on the staff. So it is what it is. Um, I, I think... Uh, just being kind of honest, it's tough to form large opinions on World Wide West. I don't know all of his connect the dots that he's done in the NBA. Uh, at you know, and what what do we have right now? We have Starberry and Rashid Wallace. We're against it. We've had a lot of people in the NBA come out and say this is a really good signing for the Knicks. I think Stephen A. came out and said that. Um, I don't know. I think my current stance is. It's tough for me to see a headline in four years that says, wow, that World Wide West signing was really what, what changed things around for the Knicks. But maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Like, for me, the, the stuff I care the most about just is the basketball. It's what I like watching. It's, it, it's hard to get real worked up about some of these front office transactions. But, you know... Worldwide West, he's as big of a name as there is out there, right? Like you see headlines that say, "Is the is Worldwide West the most powerful man in sports that you've never heard of?" You know, stuff like that. I don't know, sort of what the what the outcome, what the result of that will be, but there's no downside to bringing in a guy with just a ton of relationships who's just famously good at building relationships. So, um. Yeah, I guess it's it's a positive thing, but 
who who knows how it's actually going to manifest itself, you know, in in on court play. And that's what at the end of the day, that's what, that's what we all care about. We want to see a better product on the court. Uh, if West can do that, I I am optimistic. I'm hopeful, but you know, just how much can he really do sitting in the front office? We'll, we'll see. Maybe that's an ignorant take. I don't know. I just I just want to see better basketball. I mean, he kind of is like that man of mystery sort of guy around the league. It seems like his whole thing is everyone in the league knows him and he's powerful, but that I don't know what exactly that means. Um, right. I guess like I can't what exactly point to has like he done that is powerful. Exactly. Like, I can't point to one thing and be like that, that has his fingerprints on it. Like that's what worldwide West is capable of. And that's the sort of thing he can do for the Knicks. I just don't, I'm not educated enough know. on this, you know? Yeah. It, it seems like there's a lot of inner circle shit. And he was Leon Rose's like right hand man at CAA. Um, so I assume he's like facilitated some free agency stuff. I, I don't really know, but he is very interesting, um, and a lot of guys who who I think know him somewhat personally have said great things about him. I think I want to say Jason Will or um, ah, uh, blanking on which one. Uh, which Jason Williams? Yeah, which Jason um, Williams on this episode. Which Jason Williams? J Will. Jay, uh, yeah, Jay Williams. Whatever. Duke. I don't know why I'm having a brain fart. Yeah. Um, I believe he said it's like the biggest free agent signing the Knicks have ever had. And it's like he called it like the best thing the Knicks could have done. Um, but, like, who knows? Who knows what it'll be? I think it's one of those things where we won't be able to assign credit to him specifically for anything. But, like, I don't know. He's a guy rappers have rapped about him and, like, he just has connections all over the place. I don't know. It's it's funny you use the term brain fart because those are the exact words that Rashid Wallace <laughs> used to describe the hiring of World Wide West. He said that that was a brain fart by the Knicks organization. So, you know, I really respect Rashid Wallace. I hope he's entirely wrong on this one. Um, but he did invent the term ball don't lie. Uh, hopefully he's lying. I don't know. Yeah, and the the other uh, opposition as mentioned was Starberry, Stefan Marbury, uh, with an all-time quote. Um, and our <laughs> Kenny Poon chimed in with the message live from the beach as he called him worldwide sucka, um, <laughs> which uh, the quote after that is all-time for me. Um, BBD, <laughs> I think we, we will need to add it to the actual podcast. Um, I, I don't know how we'll do that, but we do. Come on, man. Come on, man. At New York Knicks, did you really just now bring worldwide sucker to the New York Knicks? And I ain't talking about a sucker like the sucker we call a sucker. Really? You brought this dude here? Why? I'm a real New York Knicks fan. I've been a New York Knicks fan since I was a, a spit. <coughs> Come on, Dolan, man. You gotta be kidding me, man. You brought this dude here? Really? What's going on, man? It's gotta be an explanation. Not him. Out of all people, you bring this dude here? You bring him to NYC? To New York? He don't got no credibility here. Nah. But yeah, uh, a sucker... Not like the sucker you call a sucker, if, if I believe I'm getting that right. The suckers are oddly close together. It was impressive, um, and I, I could listen to that on repeat. So, yeah, I guess it's, it's Hope, Starberry, and Sheet are wrong. Um, you know, and at, at the same time, it, is there a world where it's, you know, how worldwide West was the most powerful guy? I mean, you know, Jay Williams, guys like I think Simmons has said good things about him. Hey, you know, uh, let's hope they're right. Um, <laughs> it's hard he, to believe that Worldwide West is going to be the guy that saves the Knicks franchise, but I'm here for it if he does. Ultimately, I guess it comes down to, and he can't possibly be any worse than well, anything they've had. I, I, I've we've said, said that, that before. Part of a decade, I guess, and the Knicks always seem yeah. to find somewhere to dig. But I'm uh. I don't know. Interested to see the effect. I guess it's a fun storyline. I, you know, it 
no matter what the article says in three years, I'm interested to see what World Wide West's impact turns out to be. Um, and the other hire, but before we get but to the before, coaching... St- before please. we go there, I have one more thing. Uh, reiterating someone's <laughs> quote, quote, is that um, it is notable that he is kind of this guy who's been behind the scenes for, what, 20 years now. And he is kind of coming out from behind the scenes and, like, joining a team staff for the first time. And it is the Knicks. Um, and it is happening now. It's, it, it is interesting yeah. that he's deciding to come out now and be a little more in the – not necessarily in the public because I don't think he's going to be a big media presence. But, like, we know exactly – we're going to know more about what he's doing now. No, and I, I, I actually think there is something to be said there. And, hey – you know, there's two ways to spin any Knicks stories, right? Like, hey, maybe it's a Hail Mary. They're throwing something into the wind and hoping it's work. At the same time, you know, if, if you Google World Wide West, you know, there is this Who Is He article from 2010. So this guy's been around the league and probably has gotten a lot of job offers. So it is interesting that, um, and you know, there, there's a lot of people out there that say, why would you jump into the Knicks organization you know, maybe it is the time. Maybe World Wide West has something up his sleeve. Um, God, let's let's hope so. And speaking of things up your sleeve, and this is where it starts entering the Knicks comedy podcast a little bit. Uh, the other gentleman who we've heard they hired is the Wonder Kid. What what's his human name? His human name is Alex Klein. Alex Klein, the Kleinder, um, the twenty-six-year-old super. Super Scout? Tom, this is your guy. I mean, so I'm reading this this Forbes article right now, and there's a quote from the president of New Jersey-based Hoop Group. Yep. And he, he says, here's what I think he does for the Knicks. Alex has really good relationships with a lot of people, and he's very well-liked, but he's got some real deep relationships with people, with certain players, but also with AAU coaches, college coaches. So Alex is a relationship builder. Um. That's that's good. You, I mean, like we just said at length about World Wide West, you want the guys with the relationships. That's all well and good. I will say for a scout, I, I think you need a little more than that. I'm, I'm hoping he also just has a really sharp eye for, you know, basketball talent and, you know, seeing who is going to be productive in the NBA so that the Knicks can identify and obtain some of those players because that has been the Knicks' biggest issue is getting the good basketball players. So, I don't know. I Alex Klein has been with the New Orleans Pelicans for the last few years. I guess he's been in the league for – for. I mean, it can't have been that long. He's 26 years old. So, um, I, I don't know, guys. Do you guys it's have any Alex Klein takes? Don't, <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. It's, don't, don't really have a take on it. Um, between him and Walt Perrin, it does seem like – a lot of these front office hires are kind of under the radar guys focusing on uh, on like draft scouting and just scouting in general. Um, it, it seems like they are placing an emphasis on, on going after young talent that you might not expect, at least especially with Walt Perrin. I don't know much about Alex Klein specifically, but as a scout, he's supposed to be pretty good. I assume same vein of guy he's good at targeting so well and it's a good I thing that's what we've been calling for for forever uh, the bigger thing i'm feeling and you know again i don't know if this is myself spinning it or what but i mean the the question that's going to be around nick's land for the next little bit is you know are they positioning themselves for Giannis and trying to make a move there you know that's been the rumor for a little while um, or are they p- positioning themselves to build up like a normal franchise? And, um, you know, it, BBD mentioned Perrin. We've got the Wonder Scout in World Wide West. You wonder, is this, is this a two-year plan, or is this a five-year plan? And that's the part that I have no idea. I think, not to transition us too quickly into the coaching discussion, but I think who they hire as head coach will be kind of the answer to that question because um, if they hire a guy like Jason Kidden we'll have a, high, a longer discussion there, then that's clearly like a, us targeting Giannis and trying to sign him in two years 
but if they hire one of these young guys or the development oriented guys then we are getting that five-year plan i think yeah and i'm looking at like the pelicans draft history just to see like you know i don't know specifically what alex klein's job was with the pelicans but as a scout i'd imagine he had some say in who they drafted um peg zion i was just saying 2019 (laughs) they picked zion williamson at number one so there's a little feather in his cap didn't miss (laughs) Didn't miss. Or did. oh, he's a, look, he's luckily, a, ever, since he's been left. drafted, he's only played 19 games. Yeah. So Injury risk. Um, I feel like they drafted another tall guy that's actually been a pretty good prospect. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Athletic kid from Jackson Texas, Hayes. maybe? Yeah, Jackson Hayes. I think he showed some potential. I don't know. I but again, not how, looked at his numbers, but how do we know? Yeah. Guy. How how much do we know of Alex Klein being in the room and, and scouting for that? Who knows? Um, hey, again, I, <laughs> you know, if we're gonna do this, let's have some fun. Uh, I'll bring out a br- bring me all the wonderkin. Let's figure something out. Um, and I I don't know. You boys ready to jump into the coaches? Let's do it. All right. Well, this is uh, and and this headline got me. Got me good because, you know, uh, the coaching candidates rolled out. I think the last time we talked, I think the, the kind of tone in the room was it's we think it's going to be Tom Thibodeau. Um, and if it's not, you know, maybe it's a Kenny Atkinson. Maybe it's someone from the woodwork. We are now up to 11 officially announced coaching candidates for the New York Knicks. Um and I don't know. I, I mean, we're, we're not going to be able to deep dive into all of them. Um, I think the guy who is still my number one, and I don't think we need to give the full bio because if you've been paying attention, you know, Kenny Atkinson, um, you know, he's from Long Island. He was coaching the Nets, the team that in theory we're supposed to be modeling our rebuild after a bit. Um, there hasn't been a lot of noise around him, but it seems like he's still in the mix. Long Long-time Knicks assistant. Um, a while ago, uh, and, and yeah, the, the one, the couple notes I I do have on Atkinson that I think we mentioned last time uh, is that um, a lot of the Knicks' moves for the front office and other positions, the scouting stuff, was pretty under the radar until they like made the decision and it got announced. Um, the same could be the case for Atkinson because we really haven't heard much about him other than like one report that there was, like, a growing group of supporters within the Knicks' walls about Atkinson. Um, But the other note I have that I don't think we mentioned last episode is he is also a CAA guy in the Leon Rose connection. That's not nothing, but who knows how much that is. I don't know. But just two things we didn't mention last time. If you've been listening to us, you know how we feel about Atkinson and Tips. We don't need to deep dive too much into them this episode, but... Yeah, and I, I want to preempt anything I say about these guys by saying I don't know anything. Like, I also thought that Jeff Hornacek was going to be a good coach, and I also I thought like that David – I'm on the record. I thought David Fisdale was going to be a good coach. I, you know, I've been very wrong on these. I've been optimistic every time, every <laughs> time they bring in a hire, and every time it's not the, – the team remains bad. So, you know <laughs> – I don't know if there's anyone of this like 11 person like coaching search here that is going to just turn the ship around right away. Certainly not because we know who's on the team, but I don't know. Like, should we just go through the names real quick? Yeah. I mean, a a lot of these guys are going to be deep cuts that that we can't mm -hmm. really go into. And Tom, for all the reasons you said, that's why Atkinson's still my leader. I mean, he, he kind of helped built up that Nets team. Uh, that's what they they did. That's kind of what he's known for. His his known for notes in this NY Post article is player development um, and a gym rat with a competitive fire. And it's like, yeah, feels like that's what this Knicks team needs. Um, going back to what you said, I mean, Hornacek kind of looks okay co- compared to he what really we've does. seen. <laughs> um, and Fisdale was hired to bring in Durant. Like, let's be honest. Like, he was not hired to be a basketball coach. Um, and then come full circle on that, and, and how disappointing does that look? 
But I, I th- and I, I, th- I will say like Kenny Atkinson was let go because allegedly he wasn't able to connect with Durant or Kyrie, and I gotta say I that's not really a strike on his record in any way, no. shape, or form. Like I don't know, especially Kyrie. It's almost in the plus column, <laughs> right? If if he did connect with them, that'd have been a little weird. No, yeah, like Kyrie is really only prospered. He couldn't even like connect with Brad Stevens, who I think is considered generally a very very good coach. It's just because LeBron was in Cleveland and he just had all the authority and like Kyrie kind of had to follow LeBron's lead. So kind of the one guy Kyrie was willing to acquiesce to, kind of like the mm-hmm. kind of similar to like mellow criticisms was that like the only time he ever really acquiesced to anybody was like when he had Chauncey Billups in in Denver. He trusted him and and a couple other guys like that, but he was always kind of a guy known for not necessarily listening to other people or forming great connections. At least that was the criticism. So kind of a similar deal there. You can't blame the coach for it necessarily. Well, and I I think segueing to this next guy, Mike Brown, is kind of a classic case of, you know, being a good coach is cool and all, but a lot of it goes into who are the dudes on the court. Uh, Because, yeah, when, when Mike Brown had LeBron, you know, <laughs> real good head coach. Uh, when he left, not as great. And um, I don't know. I, I think I kind of like Mike Brown personality-wise. I feel like in the Golden State years, he he kind of came out of his shell and he was Kerr's kind of go-to guy on the bench. And I'll tell he you had what, some fun with those it. Warriors but I, teams have been great with him as an assistant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really, really good by by Brown on that. <laughs> Was he an assistant for them this past season? Uh, I think this season is one of the seasons he's been there, yeah. So that's so this 20, season, si- not so yes. much. Since 2016, he's been on the Warriors staff. And, I, and he um, filled in when Kerr got hurt. It probably was yeah. just that Mike Brown had a really bad co- assistant coaching season this year, and that's why yeah. the Warriors are bad. That's probably why he won't get the gig. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, that's a – I don't know. Like, There's nothing – Mike Brown would – certainly not excite me uh he as a fan the note i have on uh, that i wrote down on him uh he is like of these 11 names he's the one guy that i really would be like like i just okay interesting really there's a couple guys i wouldn't like but he'd be kind of the most like boring unexciting one way or the other guy okay like the most neutral like like i wouldn't be i wouldn't be livid but I would Ooh. be like, but there, I don't see a way I'm like happy if they come to the decision that. It's gotcha. Him. But there are guys on this list who you would be livid about if they brought them on. Yeah, I guess of these eleven, I pro- we probably should formally list them before we dive in. But uh, yeah, yeah. But but there are guys. He's one of who... like two guys that I would be mad about. But well, well, how about this? Let's um, because BBD, you you've got some notes. Let's um. Let's bang out some of the guys that are going to be harder to have takes on, um, and I'll, I'll try to group them together. There's there's Pat Delaney, there is Chris Fleming, Will Hardy, um, Jamal Mosley, and I think the other oddball, Ime Udoka. Um, Udoka, you may recognize a little bit more because I, I think he was actually on the Knicks briefly. Uh, eight games in 06, so <laughs> you might... You had to be pretty tuned in to remember pretty Udoka. Cool. The golden um, years. B- BBD, I'll, I'll kick it to you because I think I just named uh, five guys. And, you know, all, all of them have, you know, assistant coaching careers and are linked to some different guys. But do, do any of them jump off the page for you or any of them that you, you're looking to talk about? Um, pretty much, I mean, none of the underrated, like, new names we've heard about I don't think I'd be pissed about any of them. Like, th- I think if they ultimately got the job, it'd be because they impressed in the interview and everything, and that means they showed something. Um, they have fa- they all have fairly impressive assistant coaching resumes. Not that you can really have takes on them, but um, and I'll just run through what I have on each guy. Will Hardy, thirty-two. He's the youngest guy on the list. He's been a pop assistant for for a while now. I think he worked his way up. He was like a Spurs intern um, when he was, you know, in his very early 20s. Um, and has worked all the way up to being one of the top assistants there. Uh, in the New York Post article that we're kind of basing 
this entire discussion off of. I think he was the first guy I noticed on the list that they said uh, under Nick's connection, no connection. No. That, that felt like a positive. Um, <laughs> felt like a win. So, like, he, he's just kind of interesting. Don't have a take there. Um, I don't know if you guys want to interject with stuff or if I can, I'm just going to run through my under-the-radar guy notes. Um I got Chris nothing. Fleming. I mean, I mean, for just for Hardy, real quick. Like, I don't know that I really want a 32-year-old head coach at this point, who, who who has never been a head coach before. You know, like. And I don't think he's even the top assistant under Popovich yet. He's right. among them. He's in. He's in the room, but. I'm it is weird sure not to see Hammond or Tim Duncan. Right, like not to see Becky Hammond on this list, considering yeah. all of her experience. I wrote her as a 12th person on the list. I've but. been team. Let's not have the first female head coach coach these Knicks. So I'm <laughs> just like setting I, them up for failure. In my heart of hearts, like I, I genuinely feel that yeah. way. So I think Becky but Hammond like, will be a good coach and should be getting interviews and everything. Um, I have no reason to believe it would work out here. So I, I like just for her it's sake. No slighted her. It's yeah, for her sake, like don't take the job <laughs> if you're offered it. Like I want that. I think the Knicks should be offering her the job, giving her. Like serious consideration, she should not take it. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I just wonder like how much the assi- like the the Popovich coaching tree really matters as far as success in the league. Like on your own, I'm just looking at some of the the current head coaches who are in the the Popovich coaching tree who used to be his assistant. You've got Brett Brown who was assistant for like ten like eleven twelve seasons. And a lot of people rip on his coaching, by the people way. People really give him a hard time. Yeah. I mean, he's had a lot of success relative to the Knicks, sure. But, um, <laughs> right. you know. A lot of people think yells- the 76ers underachieve pretty regularly. Exactly, exactly. Then you've got Mike Budenholzer, who I think is generally considered one of the best coaches in the league. So that there's a, you know, a check on that side of the box. Too. Giannis then- guy does help, but he was really good at the Hawks as well. He was very good with the Hawks. Mm-hmm. You've got James Borrego, who's the head coach of the Charlotte Hornets. Um, he was an assistant for Pop for many, many seasons. Um, they I guess overachieved the, this year. I will say, yeah, when the Knicks played the Hornets, they always did seem like a pretty well-coached team. They didn't have a ton of talent. There's um, people in NBA circles that talk very highly of him. So, yeah, it's half. I guess one. it's a it, it's been a fairly strong tree. I don't know what the rest of the list you're about to do is, but there's just two more here. It's Monty promising. Williams. Monty Williams, who's the head coach of the Phoenix Suns, it's generally um, liked. People really like. like he is. Yeah, people <laughs> really like. First him. time around as a head coach, I remember thinking he was very good, but I don't uh, fully remember why I liked him as a head coach then. Yeah, I think but he's probably fine, and, and like you him. said, like very well liked. And then the last guy is Jim Boylan for the Bulls, who I, I think Not a lot of people so consider like maybe being the worst coach in the league. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, it's it's a mixed bag. There's some definitely some strengths there, uh, particularly with Borrego and Budenholzer. But also, it, I don't know. Just because you're an assistant uh, for Pop doesn't necessarily mean anything. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, right? yeah. Or it could mean you were just a very good assistant coach. Um, and maybe yeah, other, say that other way. Other than Budenholzer, I don't think any of them are considered in like the top one or two tiers of coaches in the league at this mm-hmm. point. But. Yeah, and it looks like, um, I don't know, another. this one's kind of interesting. Chris Fleming, I guess he has some Spurs roots, uh, but he's a lot been of, Nuggets. A lot of these under-the-radar guys have Spurs connections. It's like yeah. And he's, kind of the he's common been, thread is pop guys. He, he's been a Nuggets guy for a little while now. Um, I, the only cool thing of note was he was Kenny Atkinson's college teammate at Richmond. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, that's kind of cool. And, and he was the top assistant coach for the Bulls this past season, right? Yeah. Yes, in 2019. I don't know if that's really the, the team you want to be, like, picking from. You know, <laughs> there are just a lot of other teams out there. It's just, yeah. Let's just look around. Kind Show of the rest a little of more. the name, I like sorry. that. I'm out on Fleming. Done. I don't yeah. know if I need the top assistant from the Bulls. I, they weren't Done. a particularly well-coached team. He's like, a guy I'm comfortable ruling out. Done. I'm, but honestly, huge. but if they did, if they did bring him in, I wouldn't revolt. You know, it's just that's how. Yeah, 10. that's how I feel about all. Oh, of I would. Must be showing something. You would. I'm revolting if it's Fleming. Um, if it's, it's just not ready. 
He's just but, not Fleming ready. is does feel like kind of the one the one guy on this list based on the like five minutes total of googling that I've done that that would be the biggest head scratcher of them. Um, it, yeah, and uh, Udoka, um, he's now an assistant on those 76ers teams with Brown, yeah. and he comes from the Spurs cro- coaching team. He, um, um, I, I have here like among these names, he he is the first of these like under the radar guys to have like, was like announced to be getting an interview. I don't know if that means anything, but he was the first in this group to that we heard was getting a look um, based on his resume and stuff. I wrote here that of this group, he's probably my favorite among them just cause he has the pop connections. Okay. Um, and being Brett Brown, I believe he's Brett Brown's top assistant. Uh, it is, I, th- I think, like the third or fourth year in a row, or three out of the last four years, that Brett Brown, if if Udoka was to get hired, that a Brett Brown assistant got a head coach gig. Because um, technically, now, some of them were head coaches before, so it kind of doesn't count. Uh, but Mike D'Antoni was Brett Brown's top assistant three years, right before he got the Rockets job. Right. Uh, Monty Williams most recently was Sixers' top assistant before he got this Suns gig. Uh, Lloyd Pierce, who is the Hawks' head coach now, do I have that right? Yep. Um, so. He was a, he was a Sixers assistant under Brett Brown, and uh, and a, a one that's very underrated, um, not un, or not underrated, but just didn't think about Billy Lang was a Sixers assistant, and he's St. Joe's in Philly, their head coach. Wow. Um, so Huge. it is like a few years in a row of Brett Brown assistants getting head coach gigs. Brett Brown just churning out guess. head coaches churning in the them. NBA. Um, I, yeah, like so Udoka. Pop <laughs> I like Udoka as like the, the favorite of these lesser known guys. I don't, I don't really know anything about Jamal, Jamal Mosley. Um, I know he's the fifth. It, he's had five seasons as the assistant for the Mavericks. The Mavericks lost to the Knicks twice this year. So. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> That's yeah. a deep cut. Yeah, <laughs> the one I, I, the one thing I put on him, it it said in that article that we that we've mentioned, he's known for player development, defense, and strong communicator stuff. Uh, but the other note I had as far as an opinion was, um, just his name sounds kind of nice, professional. Just sounds like a head coach's name, Jamal and, Mosley. Um, yeah, just sounds like a. It's like a good a real coach's person. name. It's a, no, it is BBD. You know what you're saying? It's a great handshake name. Jamal Mosley, nice to meet you. Like, that's just clean. It sounds good. Wow. I I like Mosley for... Um, I just like the fact that he's not a Popovich connection, as far as I can tell. It looks like he's a Carlisle connection, which is the, you know, another good guy to be linked to in the NBA. Um, so I, I like that they've kind of <laughs> spread out their options a little more in that way. Um, and on Udoka, kind of what Tom said, I guess kind of out of this bunch, he's jumped ahead of me a little bit. I mean, he went straight from playing to with the Spurs, which says something that Popovich does have a certain level of respect for him. And then he put in his time. He did the, the summer league. He did the assistant coach. And then, you know, that, that vaunted, faulted um, top assistant for the 76ers. So he's up in my book, uh, Mosley with the good handshake name. Uh, we did Will Hardy, Fleming, uh, Pat Delaney. Looks like Steve Clifford's top assistant mm. in Orlando. Um, he also was with him in Charlotte, uh, so he's been like Clifford's guy. Uh, brought him with him to Orlando. Um, and I mean, I'm I'm all right fine. with Steve that's Clifford. Fine. Yeah, I mean, I think you Clifford's know, kind of an lo- underrated coach, but he gets a lot out of his guys. Hmm. He's of these guys. I think I put him probably as my second choice among these names of guys we don't know anything really about. Uh, I think I have him as kind of my second choice among them behind Udoka. But uh, again, that means nothing. I don't actually know yeah. anything. But it, but yeah. it, he is supposedly their Orlando's like late game strategist. I don't know how they've what the numbers are for them late in games or if they're. They've been impressive down the stretch of games. I, I just don't know. I'm not spending time watching the magic this year. That's that's, um, that's stuff for World Wide West. Um, but he, I don't know, if he's being trusted with 
sort of being the head coach down the stretch, I guess. That's something. He's a he's a proven assistant. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be angry if they if they go with Delaney. Yeah, I know that like, Clifford is a very much a, a defensive focused head coach. Um, I'm just like looking at the numbers, how the Magic have been these past two seasons on offense. Tell me about it. And both years they ranked 22nd in the league Huge. on offense, and then going back to when the qualify for the for the bubble. It's still good enough for the bubble. That's true. Yeah. It's better than the Knicks. Um, and then looking at, it was the, was it Charlotte that he was at before? He was with yeah. them in Char- with them in Charlotte. Yeah. Okay, so they were the uh, they were actually the eleventh ranked offense back in eighteen nineteen. So, I don't know. I, I my perception. The reason why I looked into it is because I just always thought that uh, Steve Clifford's teams were bad at offense. Um. So I was a little worried about that, but. You know, maybe I just don't. I don't know. I I don't have much of a take for this guy. Like, yeah, he'd be he'd be fine. I I would. It would be a major shoulder shrug for me. I'd just say meh, and then. Tom. Well, yeah. Let Let me get you back to the juice. That that's Please. kind of the guys that you you shouldn't be familiar with. Here's the first one that kind of links to all of the. Hey, are we going instant plan? Or are we going five year? What, one more thing to say before before that. Get it is, out, BBD. I see uh, you cooking, baby. I did. We we You and I talked about it, I think, in the office briefly, or maybe it was just over text. But I think there was a report by someone that basically said everybody they're talking to is also being considered as an assistant coach. So maybe that is what these names are for a little more. I don't know that. Okay. We're operating as if they're being considered for head coach. but Yeah, and I, that, that is noting. of note that maybe – you know, one of these guys could come in as the top assistant, something like that. That is, uh, so I guess it is good to get familiar with these guys a little bit. Um, Tom, I want to get to the meat and the potatoes. Um, Jason Kidd, uh, well linked to Giannis. I mean, that's kind of why the Bucks hired him and then also let him go, I guess. Uh, he's been the Lakers' top assistant this year, which has been huge. He's obviously coached up that team. Um, also the LeBron AD thing has helped him a little bit. Um, if we go Jason Kidd, what should we be thinking? So that's the one name on this list that I would be most disappointed about. Okay. I just don't, I never thought he was a very strong coach, no matter where he was. And even with, when he was coaching Giannis and the Bucks, wasn't it the year that he left that they really took off and like he was playing just these the most ridiculous defensive schemes like having them sort of trap everything off of pick and rolls and just leaving them open to layups and threes like kind of just a completely counterintuitive defense that flat out didn't work and all and all Budenholzer did was just have them play regular defense and they're like the best defense in the league now I, I think that's just kind of how I remember it. I don't have any numbers in front of me. I think Jason Kidd would be a disaster of a hire, and I want nothing to do with him. Mm. It would be, yeah, be very clear, as, as we alluded to before, that that is like them just going for the short term and trying to coax Giannis into coming here. And, and apparently their relationship is very real, and they are very close, and, and Giannis does credit him with a lot of his development, but... Um, I would not be impressed. I would not. I would not be happy with hiring kid because it would be more of the same we've been doing. And I don't know what you're supposed to be getting out of that. His year in Brooklyn, I believe that was that first KG Paul Pierce year. Do I have that right? And he was, uh, and they like got off to a very slow start, and they did end up getting to the playoffs. Um. But then he also left suddenly to go to the Bucks, and their records those years are are not good. Um, not that they, I think, had very high expectations, but forty-one and forty-one, thirty-nine and thirty-three and forty-nine, forty-two and forty, and then uh, they were twenty-three and twenty-two when he was let go. Or and then the next season, when and the next season they won sixty next games. Year they got good. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. That's absurd. I, I mean, Joe Prunty actually like increased mm. their their wins, so like they won forty four games more de- like in in kids' last half season, like despite kids' presence. Um, 
and then they went on to win <laughs> six, 60 the next year. I, I just remember like him not using Giannis properly and like trying to make him run point guard exclusively. And it just, I don't know. It, I don't think that the Knicks should be doing this whole hiring coaches on the off chance that a huge star comes like the Fizdale Durant thing. Like it, it's been proven not to work in the past. I don't think there's any indication. Stars aren't picking teams because of a coach, even Katie and Kyrie the last summer when they like kind of said they picked the nets because of Atkinson. He they fired Atkinson. Yeah. That was just a lie. It was, it was a lot. They just they just <laughs> said it. They, they they said it to say and, it. And isn't it you know hey if if we hire Giannis, or if we hire Giannis, if we sign Giannis, um, you know what, we'll bring in whatever coach he wants. Put that in the contract. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think we need to be bringing in a coach to bait he a says player. If he says then that we got a sp- uh, hire kid on the spot if he, and he's coming, perfect. Sure. Done. No reason I mean, Jake, to have him for the two years in the interim. Did we convince you, Jake? Like, did you come into this conversation with any different feelings about Kid, or were you as low as we are on him? Well, I, I kind of sure. wanted to get the pulse a little bit because he does have NBA head coaching experience, and I do think, you know, you could kind of spin that angle of, you know, do, do you learn from your steps along the way? Like, does does a does a – when you get fired from the Bucks, does Jason Kidd have a open his eye moments and realize what he did wrong? Um, I, I think that's the other angle you could play. But, man, uh, I think just looking at the results he had with Giannis and now what we can see what that team has done, um, you know, he's he coached for five seasons. His record's under 500. He won one playoff series. I... Uh, I don't know. Uh, I I wanted to know if it was full out Jason Kidd is hired to bring on Giannis or if there was any hope that Jay Kidd has coaching in him. And now I realize it's full on for Giannis. And for that reason, I'm out because we know that does not work. Um, I I suppose for what it is worth, I don't know about him specifically in his role with the Lakers, but he has been there. I believe their top assistant this year. And, um, they are like a finals favorite, so. I mean, they're good, it's but something. They but have they Le- have LeBron and Anthony Davis on LeBron that team. LeBron and so. AD, man, it's important. How That's much important. can you credit him? I mean, it seems dude. like he's not getting in the way. Just I, try, find, trying to find something positive to say in case. Yeah, I, I think, I think our current staff podcasting would be decent with LeBron and AD. Um, <laughs> And and now the the other names left on I mean Tibbs we already did that um, is anyone still in the Mike Miller camp are are we banging the, that drum at in, all in the past week he's well, I, he's gone from like a guy who I would be content with bringing back to, I, I think I would be pretty firmly happy if they kept Mike Miller as head coach because um, like I, I don't know I was thinking about it a little more recently and. <clears throat> The Knicks record was significantly better under him. How much credit he gets, it's due to so many factors and it's regular season games, who knows. But it was considerably better under him than Fizdale. Uh, the defensive-minded stuff, guys seemed to like him. Um, I said it last episode, it, it would feel silly if they don't hire him as a head coach when he seems to at least be decent. And it would feel silly to let him leave um, without seeing fully what you have with him. And, but the thing we didn't really discuss is that in his short time as an ex, uh, interim coach, was it 44 games, he's been – he's had to be, like, the spokesperson through a bunch of crazy situations and, and tough – he's been put in a lot of tough spots between Fizzell being firing somewhat suddenly and him being sort of thrust into the, the head coach role to the Kobe stuff and then coronavirus and the league shutting down. He's had to be kind of the spokesman – uh, the the recent all the recent you know social justice stuff we've we've been talking about, um, there's a lot there that he has been kind of the mouthpiece for the Knicks organization about a lot of tough situations recently, and he's done a good job there. And the on court product was decidedly better. Again, how much credit we can assign, I don't know. So I, I would be happy to give him a chance if they decide to to go that way. But uh, I do fear it would be 
kind of a nominal, we'll give you a year, and then all of a sudden we're back in this exact spot a year from now. Um, but I, I would be happy with them. Yeah, I, I'd be okay with it. Like, if they... I'd put him in a tier maybe under Atkinson, probably in the same probably in the same tier as Thibodeau, and then maybe a little above like that group of, of lesser known guys, the Pat Delaney's, Will Hardy's, that crew. I think I think I think I'd rather see yeah, Udoka, I'd rather see Miller than maybe that crew, but um again, based on, on, on little uh experience with watching those guys coach, but uh, you know, I watched Mike Miller coach a lot. He was, he was fine. Like he, he's not going to be the reason that you lose basketball games. You know, I, I feel like David Fisdale, in some cases, was the reason why the Knicks were losing. I don't think it's a controversial statement anymore, given how Mike Miller performed. So, I, I don't think he's like some mastermind who's going to solve a bunch of issues and, and make the Knicks overperform a great deal. But I think he'll get what he can out of some of the guys and. And they'll probably play to like a median level, and that's fine. Like as long as the coach isn't the reason that they're losing basketball games, I think that's a good measure for 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 success, at least for the Knicks. Yeah, I I uh, I wasn't excited. I kind of had this like, if we're okay with Mike Miller, do we need to be bringing in ten other dudes? Um, but I think you know there is the assistant coach angle that PBD mentioned. If if you know one of these people maybe fits for that role and uh, yeah I guess you know it it sucks looking at the Knicks numbers because I mean you know I'm looking at the points per game 29th in the NBA that's that's tough and how much can you put that on them um and now I've kind of almost spun myself the other way if if Mike Miller hangs on to the job while fending off uh 10 other dudes it's either impressive or kind of complete ineptitude by the Knicks front office, which is always in play. Yeah. And I, I guess the other part, again, with kind of circling back to, it feels weird to let a guy go um, when he has, he's shown something um, in his short time as the interim coach. And I guess if there's a world where he can stay on as an assistant, I think that is the best solution. How likely is he to be to want to stay if he's passed over for the head coaching role? When, I mean, he's proven he should get an opportunity to be a head coach at some point. How likely is he to stay with the Knicks of all teams um, if he is passed over? I, I don't know. He's the only person who knows if he's willing to stay as an assistant. But I'd like him as an assistant. Well, and I, I think this leads the last candidate that we've yet to mention, the wild card. The Knicks' great head coach, Mike Woodson, uh, is in the mix, in the hunt. Um, He's getting an interview. Tom was making us chuckle because he was wondering, was he he working? Is this the option? Um, I'm guessing he was an assistant for the Clippers. For a little Um, while, yeah. But he hasn't been for two years, so pre-Kawhi Clippers. Um, And I think the other thing that BBD noted that kind of wrung my ear a little bit was that he was he was in line to potentially be an assistant coach for the Suns and then it fell through which it was, it was heavily rumored um and who who knows what that's about but I don't know Mike Woodson I mean I, I think the Knicks played ISO basketball that's what they were known for that's what Mike Woodson's known for and like that just seems you know it this isn't had, like a nostalgia like prime Carmelo for his years with the Knicks. This this isn't a nostalgia play where we're yeah. like, "Yay, you're bringing back the coach who got us two rings." Like, I don't know, we had a run, <laughs> and that was it. Like, no, no, Mike Woodson. I I've got Mike Woodson below J Kid. I'll be honest. I have him above that. I, I I don't see myself being mad if they hire Mike Woodson, but it would be kind of a head scratcher. It is a completely different group a few times over from uh, the last time he was here, because I think the Knicks like every two years have had a completely different roster than two years before. Um, but yeah, it's been seven years since he was last head coach of the Knicks. Uh, they've had three head coaches and two different interim coaches since. Um, the notes I had on him was that he there's a CAA connection. Um, but it, when he was head coach of the Knicks, they had 
a, a decidedly strong record. He was the head coach of the team that was good. They were 109 and 79 um, across his like two and a half years as Nick's head coach. Um, I'm trying to remember like why it went bad. I was like 14 when he was gone. So, um, or that's not the right age. I think I was like 16. Regardless, so I don't I don't remember that clearly what went wrong at the end. In in my head, I think it's just that it kind of ran its course, fizzled out. But I don't remember I don't remember thinking he was the reason they weren't. They didn't make the playoffs that last year or anything, but I liked him back then. I mean, I feel like all we really need to know here is he hasn't been a head coach since the Knicks let him go. Mm. Like there have been. And I many... don't think he's had particularly strong consideration for a head coach gig since. <laughs> right, people are not Which clamoring to bring him on as the head coach. There have been plenty of vacancies in the intervening years. Um, yeah, this this hire would do nothing. It would be a pretty negative. It would leave a pretty bad taste in my mouth. I think, other than Jason Kidd, this would be the hire I at least want to see. Um, just because some of those other things are unknown quantities. All like we we've said it before, but all the those those guys in the lesser known bucket, we don't know what they're about necessarily. So there's that there's that air of mystery that's a little enticing at least versus the known quantity in Mike Woodson. And, and knowing what he brings to the table, and just knowing it, it's not it—that that's not it. So, I don't—I don't think that he's even really in consider, like based on nothing, no reporting or anything. Just like, I don't think he's really in the consideration for the head coach. I could see him being brought on as an assistant, but I would be genuinely shocked if he were brought in as the head coach. Yeah, and I—I I think that you know we're we're right at the hour mark, so I think we start putting a bow on this because half half of it does. I mean, coaching candidates, which is, is tough to sink our teeth into, but we did, and that was beautiful, boys. But I, I think I need I think I think need favorites, runner-up, and a dark horse. And I think I'm – Atkinson's my favorite. I think my runner-up is Udoka. I think I've talked myself into him, so that's cool. And then my dark horse is now Mike Miller. If, if he can survive the storm and keep it going, ups to him. I'll, I'll be in on that. And so when you say favorite, you're not talking about like My the, the odds-on like favorite. Top choice. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to hear much of a disagreement. I, I will say Kenny Atkinson is still my top choice. Um, Runner-up, uh, I think <laughs> I just think Thibodeau is going to be the guy. I'm I'm trying to come to terms with that, and mm-hmm. so. I will say Thibodeau is my runner-up, and then Udoka would be my my dark horse. Do we do we all still like ultimately think it ends up Thibodeau is the guy? That, I do think this is somewhat for show, and and we still end up at Thibodeau. But only thing that's weird to me is there there was so much Thibodeau momentum, and now it's gone. So that's that's yeah. that's my it, only. It, ki- it pretty flag. suddenly became we're interviewing a dozen guys. It went from Tibbs is the dude to eleven guys. So that that doesn't. I don't know. That just doesn't ring natural in my ear. Yeah. Uh, my favorite, much like you guys have said, Atkinson. Um, kind of the whole way he's. I've been thinking like you know he's, kind of exactly what the Knicks need at this point. I don't think there's anything I can say that's new to that conversation. He would be my my favorite. I'm ecstatic if we hire Atkinson. Um, I've talked myself a little bit into Mike Miller being being my second choice among these guys. Um, but but yeah, then then Udoka Udoka is a guy I've that's kind of become my dark horse for the sake of saying something different. I'm very interested in Delaney. Um, okay. okay. I don't know what ultimately that means or if he if i think he'll be good but i'm interested and he kind of has an underratedly compelling resume in my in my head um so i'd be i'd be interested yeah man if if the knicks bring on jason kidd i'm really gonna have to reevaluate some things in my life though because that would just be a real travesty (laughs) i it's not like you can even sort of hang your hat on the fact that he's a good dude either like he's definitely done some 
some pretty he's bad things. He's done some borderline, like, bad stuff. It's, it's some not so borderline, just some not straight so up. Legally speaking, he's had some issues. Yeah. And he's like, been known to at least be kind of an asshole. Right, he's manipulative. He's, like, conniving. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't like what Jason Kidd really stands for. I the thing is like I liked him as a player and like sort of the egalitarian nature of passing he knows the rock basketball. And, yeah, but. he knows how to do it on the court. I just don't think he belongs anywhere near a clipboard and and a head coaching job. So that'd be my one where I'd be just devastated if you're the head coach. He'd be he'd be the one I'm very mad about. I don't think any of the others get a, a very angry reaction from me. Maybe Mike Brown. But even then, it would be more of a more of a bleh feeling than actual anger. Um, it just wouldn't. He just wouldn't excite me at all. But yeah, kid is the one guy who I think I end up mad if they go with him. Well, start start getting the J Kid press conference ready. Uh, with that, <laughs> what that sounds like, uh, boys, boys, this was good. Um, it, it was good to talk Knicks with you. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think we're planning on our next podcast being the announcement. I'm assuming the Knicks are going to move kind of quickly on it. Uh, we'll see. I if think, not, I think may- Leon Rose said certainly by the end of July he wants to have something in place. So we'll probably do something between now and then if it is okay. not the end of so, July. But. So, so maybe, maybe we'll get something between now and then, but look out for that. Uh, we're still planning on doing some player grades. I think we'll we'll kind of divvy those out amongst us and and line them up for a period of time, and then who knows? Uh, maybe you know, big Knicks free agent signings. Yikes! Um, no, but the draft. Stay, stay stay tuned with us. Yeah, I mean that's October, which seems so yeah. far away, but it'll sneak <laughs> up on us. But uh, boys, it was a pleasure. If you've been listening, five star review. Give us your coaching candidate. Give me um, you know. Mike Mike Woodson, stand up. Um, but if you've been listening, thank you. We appreciate it. Most importantly, let's go Knicks.